everybody. We are back here at Tech Talks Podcast, and I'm Tech Right, your host. Uh, we just got done, if you've been following along here recently, with a faith challenge called Cut the Fat at Your Faith Challenge. And it was a really good challenge where the first half, we were in a book, uh, What Do I Know About My God by Marty Collier. You can find that in Amazon. And then the second half, we just kind of um, went through some uh, scripture favorites and I put that in my notebook and I shared that um, a little bit every day during this challenge that we did. Um, go back. I encourage you to go back because the cool thing about this, it's all a recording. You can go back into your own leisurely time and do the faith challenge if you are called and pressed to do so. Uh we also have a um, group page for that. So look that up on Facebook. It's called Cut the Fat Out of Your Faith Challenge. And let's get started on the new book that we are in for this season in the podcast. And I'll hold it up for you guys. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, it's called Open Heavens by Bill Johnson positioning yourself to encounter the God of revival. For those of you who are in podcast world, uh, I highly recommend you looking that up. It's, um, a, it's been such a fun thrill, uh, reading ride, I guess you can say. I really enjoyed it. There were so many good things, you guys, in this that I'm like, oh dear Lord, where do I begin? What do I share? What do I keep? to myself so that I don't ruin the book, you know, so to speak. And I, I'm like, I don't know, God, you're just really going to have to pull the reins on this because I, I could go full throttle and talk your ear off and I might lose you in the process because that's how I am sometimes. And I don't want to do that either, you know? So maybe the best thing we should do, first of all, and starting out is prayer. A quick little prayer doesn't hurt. Oh, thank you, Father God, for this book and for Bill Johnson and for his obedience and his tender heart, um, listening to your heart and writing down the, the good little nuggets that you shared with him into this book to us. Lord, I pray that your voice is spoken loud and clear and over mine and, of course, over Bill's and that people would receive it and be transformed in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's so many things that... Like I said, we can start here and there, but real quick, the first part of this book is talking about all these scriptures about um, referencing of open heavens, open heavens. What does that look like? What does that mean? So there's some good references in here in the beginning. And um, <clears throat> he talked a little bit about first heaven. What does that mean? What does that realm look like? Second heaven, third heaven, stuff like that. Um, I guess I can read that real quick to you guys so you can kind of have an idea. First heaven, he says, that is the realm we live in day to day. It is all that is earthly and seen with the natural eye. Second heaven, that is the realm of angels and demons. It is spiritual slash unseen with the natural eye, but is not the realm of heaven itself. Third heaven, that is the realm of heaven itself, where the throne of God is. Everything in that realm is perfect and wonderful under his dominion and rule. 
Righteousness, peace, and joy are prevailing influences as all that exists finds it, its identity and fulfillment in his design. Okay, so there's there's that little tidbit here of uh, understanding, okay? And he, I think he's talking about, well, I don't want to say I think. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about where heaven, heaven, where God the Father is. And opening up that realm to this heaven, which is earth. And there's a little section here um, called conflicting realities. And I have this underline. Can I please read to you my little underline? Are you ready? Okay. Down at the the, um, bottom of this little paragraph, I underline. It says, our problem is not that we need God to do something in addition to what's already happened. Our problem is that we live unaware of what he has already done for us and how he has de- designed us to live as a result. And then they have their own little highlighted moment here. Let me see if I can show you. Ah, bear with me, guys. Okay. I'll read it to you. There is no battle between God and Satan. God is infinite power. Okay, so let me just kind of explain to you my little tidbits with that. And maybe this will break it down to what I I see. So I wrote a book for some of you who don't know. I wrote a book um, a couple years ago, I think it was now. And I wrote about contrast. And um, of course, I gave a lot more uh, emphasis of what I believe that means and how I see it. Um, But here's the thing. And this kind of goes inside with what he's saying here between there's no battle between God and Satan. God is infinite power. I use the word contrast in my book because I didn't want to use the word opposite because the word opposite is sort of like two equal, completely different parts. I used contrast because it was more like you see light and dark and, um, it's it's two completely different things. Yes, it seems like it's the opposite, but it's two completely different things. Um, so here's another thing. Satan is just another created being. So therefore, he came from a created side of God. And who is bigger or better and smarter than their own creator? None can be compared. Nothing can be compared. Does that make sense? Like, you know, when I create something, is that creation better than me? Stronger than me? As equal as me? No, because I created it. Same thing with uh, God and Satan. He's just another created being who roams the earth trying to steal, kill, and destroy what God has designed. Um, and I don't want to take your time on explaining what my thoughts are on, on, on that and why he does that and how he came to be. That's probably another good conversation for another time. But I want to go down here on the next page. Um, <clears throat> and it even confirms what I'm saying here. Let me see. Let me see if I can read the sentence down here. Um, 
so let me just read this paragraph, actually. I was going to read a sentence, but I'm like, eh, I'll back it up. Real quick. We live in a spiritual world with light and darkness, good and evil, and spiritual forces of wickedness that work to interfere with God, with what God is saying and doing. But let, let me make something very clear. There is no battle between God and Satan. God is infinite power. The devil is created and extremely limited, especially as compared to God himself. The picture that some have created of this great war between God and the devil is a joke, a very, very sad joke. It wouldn't be a con contest in the least. The war was between the devil and those created in the image of God. Humanity. That's the real war. Because we are created beings and he is a created being. Okay. So. I'm going to jot down to my, my big highlighted moment here. Our problem lies in our tendency to live aware of what the devil has done or is doing. And then react to it. Jesus, on the other hand, lived in response to the Father. He set the pattern that we can and must follow. Secondly, we always reflect the nature of the world we are most aware of. If the world around us is one of chaos, confusion, sin, and unbelief, and that reality is what has captured our attention, it will show on our countenance. On the other hand, if we live aware of the open heaven he has given us access to, we will in like manner reflect the nature of that world through our countenance. I believe the prayer for the favor of God's countenance upon us is actually a prayer to become more aware of his world than any other. Scripture reference, Psalms 61. 7 1 and numbers 6 24 through 26 this is the blessed life of a believer and i'm going to pause right now real quick so i don't know if you've ever had in your prayer time or even worship time even and you're kind of stuck in a in a thought trail you know a little rabbit trail little little rabbit hole if you will and let's say you're like thinking of certain things and and then all of a sudden it, um, that same subject or word or verse pops up um, on social media or on a sermon in a sermon or in your YouTube, um, like, uh, you know, scrolling through YouTube or something or even on Facebook. I don't know. But it's like, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking that I was just praying that that's so cool. That's so interesting. Well, this is what happened to me. I was thinking about <clears throat> the Lord's presence and I was thinking about being aware of our heavenly father. And the reason why is why is that is because I was thinking of um, how miracles came to fruition through Jesus and his response when he was questioned about that was he, he said, I only do what my father is doing in heaven. I only do what I see and hear from my father and I do what he's doing in heaven. So that led me to a thought of, hmm, 
okay, well, Jesus, how am I supposed to know what the father is doing in heaven? You're Jesus. You've got this awesome son and father relationship. What about me? How am I going to do this? How can I do this? And I honestly felt like he kind of like shook his head at me and like smiled like, come on, you can do this. You were created to do this. You were created in our image to do this. So you can. And then so um, when he said, I believe the prayer for the favor of God's countenance upon us is actually a prayer to become more aware of his world than any other confirmed to me that that's what God wants for me. And of course, he wants that for you. He wants us to be a little bit more in tune and aware um, of what the Father in heaven is doing. Because my goodness, if we are keeping ourselves, um, our eyes and ears spiritually open for this, then miracles will come to pass. Things will come to pass. I really believe this. I really believe when you seek the who, the what will happen. But you've got to let yourself go a little bit. You have to open yourself up and you have to be willing. Now, here's the thing. And it later says in the book, and we'll probably come across it again. And I'll probably say it again, because I think it's important when you follow God, there will be good, good and bad consequences. Let me just straight up say there will be good consequences for your, um, faith walk and there'll be bad. What I'm saying about bad is you'll be attacked. Let's just face it. You'll be attacked. You'll be questioned. You'll be tried. But as um, the scripture says, take heart, take joy, because this is just the refining of your faith. And that's one side you can look at it as. And that's how I try to look at it. Like this is actually all going to turn out to be good. I'm going to be stronger for it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to um, cling to God more. This is going to press me to hide myself in the Lord because I believe he wants me to do all those things. I want. He, I, I think he's saying, I want you to hide yourself in me. I want to be your victor. I want to be um, your provider, your friend, your counselor, your healer, all these things. But you have to do your part, and that is to pray to be willing to pray, to be willing to acknowledge God, to be willing to to listen and to discipline yourself to listen and all these good things. And it is possible to see what the father's doing. Let me give you a hint why I know this. And then a little bit has to do with Bill Johnson in one of these sermons I listened to not too long ago. So this isn't all my good wisdom. This is borrowed wisdom. Okay. You know, he made a good point. That, it, that it's not just for Jesus to see what the Father's doing. Because he made a good point. The point is, in Scripture, Jesus um, asked Peter a question. And he said, who do you think I am? And I know I'm paraphrasing, okay, so bear with me. And Peter said, well, you're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. And again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said, but pretty much like that, right? The meaning of it. And Jesus was like, no one told you that, but my father. So basically what I'm trying to say is, dude, if Peter can hear from our father, then I can too. And I think part of it is just 
leaning in him, trusting in him. And here's a little glimpse of my prayer life sometimes. I sometimes I'm like, God, I don't know if I have enough faith in this. I don't know if I have enough trust in you in this. And I'm sorry if I don't. But would you help me? Would you help me put my trust more and more in you in this? In this, you know, because I don't know. I sometimes don't know what to ask, and I believe that you are my prayer partner, and that you know what's best for me. And I'm going to trust in that, and I'm going to put my faith in that, and I'm just going to learn to just rest that you're going to help me have enough trust, have enough faith, and who you say you are, and who the Father says I am. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you for this first chapter in this book. I really hope and pray that you get this. And and if you are a pastor or if you know a pastor, let me just tell you, I think all pastors across America should get this book because I want revival. I think we need revival. I, we need the heaven coming to earth because look at the world that we're living in. You guys, we so need this encounter with Jesus and God the Father and of course the Holy Spirit. Be embraced. Let God love you. And I'll see you next time here at Tech Talks Podcast. I'm Tekla Wright, your host.